Welcome to season two of The Influencers. We've expanded our scope to bring you interviews with some of the most interesting and thoughtful voices from the digitally driven seismic transformation happening at the intersection of law, business and technology. We'll be sharing with you the rapidly evolving information that you need to know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Influencers on Digital Transformation and Law. I'm Leo von Gerlach, and with me today in the studio is Barbara Holzer. Barbara is a Senior Director for Government Affairs at Salesforce in Europe. Before joining Salesforce some time ago, Barbara had a long-term career with the German car manufacturer Mercedes, where she also worked on government affairs. Barbara, that is a lot of government affairs. What does it actually mean to work in government affairs and what brought you from Mercedes to a very different field now with Salesforce? Thanks, Leo. First of all, thanks for having me uh, today. It's a real pleasure. And uh, this is a really good question. So as um, working in the government affairs sphere, we see ourselves as advocates for corporate interests. So we are basically the interface between governments and businesses. Especially in these times, it's really very important to have the right political framework and um, conditions to do our business properly. And we are also um, working with business, society, and government representatives to make sure we have a framework and businesses can prosper. Now to your second question, what made me come from Mercedes to Salesforce? First of all, the sphere I'm working in, political or external affairs, is pretty much the same. Only the subject has changed. While with Mercedes, it was a lot about production sites, frameworks in the different countries, I'm now focusing on data. And also at the German car manufacturers, data have started to play a very important role because everybody is now um, connected and data are used to make the services also in the car better. So I was really interested to get into this field because I think data are the new gold. And this is what we do, what I try to do at Salesforce to make sure that digitalization um, is progressing and we help customers to transform their businesses. So I think it's a very interesting field and um, with a lot of momentum right now, um, just looking at the AI development. Yeah, that obviously brings us into the subject matters already. And you mentioned data, digital transformation, AI. Perhaps we can break this a little bit further down. So what are the most relevant topics that you are actually working on? Um, what drives Salesforce around when it comes to dealing with governments? First of all, um, it's always on top of our minds when it comes to data flows and free data flows, because this is the basic for everything. As you know, Salesforce, we are a cloud provider. So our data are stored in clouds and we have to make sure that customers all over the world can access these data. And so we have to make sure that they can do so with safe access and a framework that allows the same conditions everywhere in the world. So this is always on top of our mind to ensure free data flows for secure and safe data transfers. 
Secondly, it's all about ensuring that this data really can flow without the necessity, for instance, to have legal entity requirements in one market. You might have heard of the European Cyber Certification Scheme and the idea from the EU Commission to regulate that with sovereignty requirements. And some member states are looking into this direction. And for us, um, while we accept it's a legitimate approach for Europe, for instance, to have their own um, industry, we really want to make sure that customers are free to decide what services from which uh, providers they want to choose. So we also um, advocate for a level playing field when it comes to data flows uh, without the sovereignty requirements. This is on top of my agenda as well. And First and foremost, I would say it has been and it will be artificial intelligence for quite some time. So there are many interesting topics now in there. You mentioned data flow. You mentioned the resilience or robustness of the systems for creating security. Let me just focus on one particular point, and that is certainty on which role every player has in the system and in terms of what are your responsibilities, what are the responsibilities of the customers when it comes to data. Is that also something where you say having clear defined boundaries for what the um, infrastructure operator, the cloud operator is responsible and what the customer is responsible for is clearly defined and can be divided into good corners? Absolutely. But maybe let's just um, get one step back. I think we're talking about how to regulate AI and data in a, in a way that it makes sense. And for us as a software, as a service, as a SaaS provider, it's very important that the data we are dealing with, these are not ours. So the data we are handling, these are Uh, in the hands of the customers. So we have to make sure that we protect them properly. So absolutely right what you're saying, Leo. We have to make sure that different roles have different responsibilities and that um, this responsibility is basically divided in the complete value chain and who is doing what with what responsibility. And we hope to see that um, in the current regulation as well. And um, I think when we talk about regulating, especially in the field of AI, we have to strike a balance. On the one hand, to make sure that data are safe and secure, especially for the consumer who is providing us with their data. But on the other hand, not to overregulate so that we are disadvantaged compared with other regions in the world. So I think it's very important and that's what we see actually that the member states or the EU is trying to hammer out right now while we speak when the trilogue negotiations on the AI Act are currently ongoing to really strike that balance that the EU will have a good competitive, a competitive position here to uh, compared with other markets as well. Okay, let's stay with the topic of data for a little longer. We all know data become ever more relevant. Is there any advice to Salesforce customers how to best exploit their data in addition to all the incredible services that you render in any event? So how to make most of customers' data? What could we take away here? Actually, when we speak with customers, I think this is the most important or the most often question we get is how to make use of the new technologies such as AI 
um, when applying our data. And first and foremost, we have to make sure that the data are in one place. So what we experience sometimes is that customers have different silos in the operation. So the data cannot really be used properly as they are not connected. So before making use and benefiting from these new technologies, we have to make sure that these data are properly collected and properly allocated so that all the benefits from for instance, AI kicks in. And this is also what we, um, where we help our customers to bring these data together. We have a so-called uh, AI and trust layer where we collect the data and then we can use all the technologies, be it the customers have their own large language model just to stick with AI or we use our own language model and then we build our applications you know, on top of the data we have just collected. But also here, data safety and data security, how to retrieve the data, make sure that they are, um, cannot be seen by someone else or used by someone else. This is the most important uh, part of the whole um, operation, so to say. And that Salesforce, you might have heard that our company has been founded on number of values and our number one value is trust and i think especially right now in in the environment and on ai trust is ever more important because people have to know when they work with us when they provide us with their data they have to be sure that we we're not doing anything with their data which they do not want be it that they are used um, that language models are trained and so on and so forth so i think this is a very important topic so trust is obviously kind of super important in the digital world and has probably many faces. One is safety and security. Another is probably responsibility. How do you go about data treatment use in a very responsible way? And that's probably also where companies, your customers just need to go a long way in order to have systems in place to have an ever more responsible and clear idea of how they govern all this, right? Absolutely. And um, here the journey does not only start when you use um, the applications, but the journey starts actually when you design and develop the models Yeah, at the very beginning. So trust has to be incorporated already in the development process. So we have actually established a so-called Office of Ethical and Humane Use. What do they do? Basically, they set the framework and the principles how AI and any other technology is developed based on a set of rules and guidelines to make sure that we detect bias right up front, that we detect toxicity, make sure that it does not happen, that we have checks and that we always have a human in the loop, just to name a couple of those, just to make sure even when this technology is developed, we have some sort of guardrails to make sure that they go in the right direction. And this continues basically throughout the whole process, how we use the data, when do we mask the data, how do we ensure the data is not passed on to someone else. So this is our, our model is based on these values. Yeah? And for Salesforce, this journey hasn't only just started with the popularity of ChatGPT, for instance, one year ago, but at Salesforce, we have started with our AI research already almost 10 years ago and have uh, launched our first 
artificial intelligence, at the time only predictive, not generative, already in 2016. So I think this is really the understanding of how do we want to develop that tools and models to make sure that the customer gets the quality um, he can expect. So that's interesting because we all know it's very important and it's very obvious that we need to have the tools for this ethical treatment of human-centric um, data use. But it's much harder to actually get there because technology is moving fast. Organizations need to adapt. Perhaps um, you could share with us what are good pieces of advice, what are good ideas and um, just ways to ever improve the way corporations, organizations set their governance right, adjust it ever more to the human needs to make it ever more ethically robust. So how should we actually go about it to deliver it? That's a really good question because the devil always lies in the details. I absolutely agree. But I can only reiterate what I just said. You have to make sure that the organization has its purpose, really believing that trust is not only just a value that you put on a screen or somewhere, but this is incorporated in the corporate culture, that whatever you do has to be based on these values. Make sure that the processes are designed around it. So I think this is the most important thing. Second, as I mentioned, you need to have top management um, backing for that. So everybody should believe that this is the right way to go. And you have to have um, good personnel, um, skilled and talented um, staff who's carrying out uh, and following these guidelines. And then I think it's, you have good, good preconditions to go in the right direction. Wow. This almost sounds like a textbook change management just exercise. You need to have good instruction from the top and then you need to create the culture and the buy-in to really bring it to life. That bringing it to life is something that reminded me to this notion of red teaming efforts and different people in an organization coming together. Is that also something you would relate to when you speak about culture making it adjust to the situation, making it the way it ought to be in a digital environment? Red teaming is certainly one effort that we're undertaking as well. I think um, with the current development in AI, there's not one solution and not a single way to go. This is multifaceted, I would say, because we cannot even know how the future of AI might look like. We know that we might have maybe autonomous chatbots, assistants, whatever. So this is going really fast and this go is going in various directions. So that's why something like red teaming is an absolutely good means to figure out what might the risks be? How can we deal with it? How can we anticipate what's coming next? But there's a lot going on in parallel and it's going on really fast. That's why also everybody is so keen on having a regulation, even though everybody knows this might not regulate everything on a detailed level, but at least it sets a certain framework 
And that's why also there are a lot of international initiatives we are really supportive of, such as the G7 Hiroshima process, to make sure that everybody is moving in the same direction, even though a couple of things might not be regulated at that point of time. But trying to figure out what this new technology might bring, be it as opportunities, but also as risks. And there are many risks. That's why just look at the AI um, Safety Summit in UK. It, the header was Safety Summit because everybody knows that um, if AI is applied in a wrong way, it could have massive negative impact. So that's why we really are in favor of all these efforts that go on um, to ensure that we kind of can handle AI properly and really make use of the benefits rather than being afraid of the risks. And that's also a nice combination, actually, of combining regulation with self-regulation, because what we see in many of those initiatives is actually the encouragement from the legislator to have self-regulation in place by the organizations. But let's perhaps stay for a moment with the regulation piece of that in addition to encouraging self-regulation, what is top of your wish list that you would like to see coming from a good legislator in these fields? I think once more, it's the right balance between regulating high-risk cases, high-risk applications where there could be harm um, to humans, where really critical issues could happen, And on the other hand, make sure that the generative, the, the, the general purpose AI just for no risk applications is less or not regulated. I think that's the most important thing to be really, or let's put it, be as specific as possible in the cases that we try to regulate. Okay, so that means just regulation in accordance to risk levels and in that respect, are you happy with the European legislator and the envisaged AI Act, which actually is attuned to risk level, but perhaps not so much to your liking? Um, that's an open question. It's attuned to risk levels. That's why we, we like it. And now let's just wait and see what the outcome looks like as they're still negotiating. And we'll see how the compromise between uh, the Parliament's proposal and the EU Commission might look like. But I think we really appreciate the effort not to try to overregulate. Um, this technology. And I think this is very clearly that the EU knows how important and how the competitiveness um, of the states depend on a good regulation here. So that's why I would say it's absolutely going in the right direction. Well, competitiveness of the economy in Europe is obviously something that concerns the European legislator quite a great deal. How do you look at this from the perspective perhaps of a corporation like Salesforce, who is with their headquarter domiciled in the US, but of course has a very, very strong base in Europe as well, other parts in the world. So how do you rate the efforts to bring Europe back into a good place? First of all, uh, we believe that this is certainly a legitimate objective, um, as does the um, US. And so that's true for the EU as well. So absolutely legitimate to try to foster the um, business environment and stay competitive. So I think it's absolutely understandable. 
The only thing we say is that everybody and European organizations and customers should really be able to be free and to be able to choose their service providers and make their best choices, also benefiting from the best technology available while maintaining appropriate controls over how um, this service might be provided. So we always say the notion of, you know, promoting just EU companies might lead in the wrong direction because this is a political discussion. We really want to bring it down to a technical discussion and offer customers the best possible, the most safe and secure solutions possible. And this is what uh, should be available to the customers. Well, this is a very nice way of ending our interview because to me it kind of means as much as we want to have the free flow of data We want to have the free flow of services. We want to have a free flow of technology so that everybody can basically make best use of it according to their capabilities. And with that, Barbara, thank you so much for your insights. I think they have been so greatly appreciated. It was wonderful speaking with you. And of course, thank you, everybody, for um, tuning in and join us again for the next session of The Influencers, which will come up in two weeks from now. But for today... Have a good day. Take care. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Visit our digital assets and blockchain hub at engagepremium.hoganlovels.com for more podcasts and other resources.